This is making finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is making finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Hey everyone, uh, Paul Cochran here. I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Garrett Crawford. Hey Garrett. Hello. Making Finances Easier is the name of our show. We're with Providence Advisors Group. We're at uh, Pellissippi and North Shore out here in West Knoxville. We're a uh, multidisciplinary uh, financial advisory firm. And when I say multidisciplinary, that might uh, not mean different things to different people, but what it means in this uh, for us in, in our industry is when it comes to financial planning, there's just so many issues that need to be addressed, all the way from, you know, how am I invested to uh, uh, do I have a plan uh, going forward? What about insurance? Do, am I. Do I have the right amount of life insurance? Or uh, as I age, what about Social Security? When do I file? And what about Medicare? And so what we've done is we have specialists in our office that focus on those particular areas. In fact, uh, uh, we're recording this uh, during the week of, uh, of June 26th, and uh, we've got uh, Bruce and... Um, been doing a Medicare seminar tonight. I think there's like almost 30 people yeah. uh, uh, registered for the Blunt County Library. So areas of expertise, uh, 865-770-5031. If uh, we touch on anything in today's show or in the future that you'd like to find out more about, uh, just give us a holler. Uh, you know, it, uh, during the weekend, you'll 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 hear that it's not. Uh, you know, we're not going to answer the phone probably on the weekend, but uh, you leave us a message and your phone number, and we'll circle back to you. And we we also oftentimes don't uh, highlight this, but we are a West Knoxville firm, so we're based out in West Knoxville. There behind the what is it, corner sixteen? Yeah. Uh, there's a big red brick building up there in Pellissippi Parkway, and we're on the bottom floor of the the red brick building. You can see as you're driving by. Uh, but West Knoxville is our home. That the road we're on is called Falling Water. Yep. And uh, so it kind of parallels the parkway. Um, but uh, trivia: when you were pre-working age, eight, nine, ten, right in there, what was your favorite favorite summer activity, Garrett? Well, uh, late June. Uh, I've been seeing this on Facebook from all my friends back home, but they've all are my age now, and they have little kids about eight, nine, and ten, and uh, they're all in baseball season and tournament season. And so, in 1990, uh, boy, 1997, 
I'd have been on a baseball field gearing, <laughs> gearing up for uh, all-star baseball tournaments. Uh, that was a big thing in our household. I played baseball from five all the way up, uh, really through middle school. But in those eight, nine, 10, 11, 12-year-olds, uh, that was that was probably the highlight of my summer outside of Christmas and summer vacation was playing baseball <laughs> and hitting the all-star levels. And uh, I, I just have lots of memories with all-star baseball and the 4th of July. So, uh, you know, either getting put out in district tournaments or winning and going to the local Walmart, sitting on the back of the truck bed and watching the fireworks shoot high in the sky. Um, but uh, baseball and July 4th and fireworks, they all go together for me. So that's where I'd have been, hopefully winning. That reminds me of that uh, little meme I sent you this morning, that stat that Greg Maddox faced 20,421 batters during his career. And only 310 of those 20,421 saw a 3-0 count. Yeah. And 177 of those were intentional walks. Yeah, they called him the professor because uh, he didn't have the best, he didn't have the, the fastest stuff no. in the world, but boy, he'd make you look foolish. He could put it where he wanted it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really something. Well, uh, for me to respond to that question about summer, it's really pretty simple. Um, boy, I was a fish. I, I, you know, I grew up in Oak Ridge, and we had that big pool in Oak Ridge, the uh, the outdoor pool there that was built by the Corps of Engineers after the war, and and uh, it it didn't open till one. So I did my chores in the morning, I'd mow the grass, whatever, and uh, mom would drop us off at one and pick us up at five when it was time for dinner, and um, man, I, I loved it. That or um, uh, putt putt. We did a lot of putt putt. In Oak Ridge. Yeah, in Oak Ridge. They had a putt putt course down there. In fact, I saw a buddy of mine I graduated high school with. He had posted about uh, he's got this thing going with his grandson where they're going around. I thought it's a great idea. He's going to all the putt putts all, all around this area and they're kind of having a putt putt tournament because he's visiting all the yeah. various putt putts. Well, that, it, it's funny you're making me think. Uh, this will date me, but I bet a lot of our listeners were probably the ones doing it. But when I was a kid playing baseball, I, you know, if we wanted to, I could go get the VHS tapes out and we could play those in a VHS. But I still remember my parents over there with the big a VCR recorder uh, recording my my little league baseball games. But uh, uh, yeah, summer times are great. Uh, probably one of my favorite seasons of the year. Yeah, it's great. Well, okay, so. Um, Last last week we talked about uh, you know people coming in and uh, you know how we handle people as they're as they're aging and ways that we can come in. Let's say if there's a a, a, a spouse that's that's elderly, uh, perhaps they they just want to make sure that if something happens to one of them, the survivor is well taken care of. So we've had quite a few lately come to us with that goal in mind and um, you know one of the tweaks that we we do in uh, you know almost every case is one of the things we talk about is uh, kind of that subject of, of estate planning and uh, we try to stay in our lane we're not attorneys and so we don't give legal advice but we do know that um, uh, for the topic today, we do know they have to have or need to have, it's not required by law, but they need to have a will. They need yep. to have a last will and testament, and they need to 
to make sure that their beneficiary designations are taken care of. So today I just wanted us to kind of unpack a little bit about that, the beneficiary designations. And there are some pitfalls. Uh, the obvious pitfall, first pitfall, is just not naming a beneficiary. And, uh, you know, Garrett, I see that all the time. I see a comment on account there, and there simply is no beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when there is no beneficiary, guess who decides <laughs> where that money goes or, or, or who gets to determine that it's the state yeah usually not in your bloodline no it is not so the first thing is is not doing it <clears throat> and um hey, can I jump in here real yeah. quick i know uh i graduated from college uh and uh my first job was here at providence and i still remember uh for those of you who don't know, my my wife worked here before I worked here, and uh, I remember I walked in that first month, and uh, Eva showed me a death certificate, and I had never seen a death certificate mm. before in my life, mm. and I remember it was like, uh, you know, I'm going to be working in a field where we have to deal with these issues, and I'm going to have to, you know, think about them, mm. and I bet that's probably not a fun part of the job, mm. just because I didn't, you know, I was 24, 25 when mm. I started. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think for a good chunk of people, it's not the most comfortable mm. subject in the world to talk mm. about. And it's not that they don't want to do it. It's mm. just more uh, there's a lot of other fun things in life to do mm. rather than sit around and think about retitling your beneficiary designation. So I, I think as, as soon as you said that, I, I can almost become numb to this subject a little mm. bit because I mm. deal with it all the time. Maybe like a doctor in an ER uh, where you're you're faced with kind of hard things and conversations uh, that it can be kind of a normal course of the day but for a lot of people out there if they've never met with an attorney and maybe done some of these estate planning items like wills and living wills uh it it could be that that's just not the most comfortable conversation and something either has to happen in their life or a spouse has to push them and uh, you know i get that uh not a lot of people are wired to want to to get all this stuff buttoned up and and i you know i've been guilty of it too uh of uh you know, putting off some of those things, uh, you know, for us personally, I um, particularly keeping my will updated because um, the circumstances change as, as we're, you know, an empty nester now and different things. Uh, um, it, it's uh, I, I definitely have patience <laughs> for people that that haven't done, you know, some of these things. Um, mine are buttoned up. I'm glad they are. Uh, I've got, I need to do some ongoing tweaking, but not doing it, um, is, is really never a good idea. Um, so, so, so then, okay, if if this show ends and you walk away with one thing, it's like, honey, do, are our beneficiaries listed on our accounts? Well, if you just did that one thing, that that's going to cover over a multitude of problems. But once we get into beneficiaries and you've named somebody, you need to make sure that you name a primary beneficiary and make sure you have a contingent beneficiary if something happens to that primary beneficiary. And... Uh, let me just touch on just real quick. If it's an IRA, um, 
your spouse can just basically own that thing as if it was theirs all along. Um, but a child cannot. And so um, there is no tax uh, <clears throat> there's no tax ramifications if, uh, for that IRA to go to your spouse. But there are considerations that need to be taken into account when that IRA goes to children. Correct. And there's also some, I think we did a, a show on this a few months ago. You can go to our website, ProvidenceAdvisors.com, and scroll down if you're interested. And we have all of our shows listed. And there was some recent legislation that talked about uh, RMDs and the assumption of a, a spouse's IRA whenever they die and how old they are. Um, you know, Paul, if I jump in here just a little bit to give a high level, I, uh, I got my CFP in 2019. And there's a whole section in the CFP coursework dedicated to estate planning. And so it's, let's, say, let's call it one-sixth of the exam is about estate planning under the umbrella of how a financial planner would interact with that. And uh, I remember before I got into that section, I, I didn't know a whole lot about it. In fact, I would have almost simplified estate planning down to get your beneficiary designations on your investment yeah. accounts uh, and then meet with an attorney and move on. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we aren't in the we, – we don't go uh, – in-depth in estate planning as an attorney will. We'll probably talk about it later, but we, we have attorneys that we can recommend that will help you go to, through that level. But, uh, you know, as simple as beneficiary designations, you're right, Paul. It's like if you don't remember anything else, just <laughs> get something on there. But, you know, if you were coming into our office, the level to which we would probably go is to be a little bit more specific and right. that there's a difference between a, a primary beneficiary on an account and a contingent beneficiary. And you might ask, well, what's the difference? Well, primaries who would go to if you died, but if that person wasn't alive, it'd go to the contingent. But there's also this other term. Uh, I remember they really were emphatic in the CFP coursework, and it's uh, the the way those beneficiaries are titled. And the two major, major ones are per capita and per stirpes. Right. And that, that one's where we really can't get into the level of saying do this or do do that. But per capita means, you know, let's say you had a $100,000 account and you had three children a lot of people are going to split that IRA up per capita to their children after they and their their spouse dies, and that just means one third would go to each spouse. So under per capita, if one of those three kids dies, that hundred thousand is split fifty fifty between the remaining two. Yeah, and so where where the tricky part comes in is, uh, you know, what what happens if mom and dad are in the car with one child. And then those three people die, and the the child that died had children. Most people, again, this is this is not everybody, but most people would want that that son share to go to their children, or maybe even their daughter-in-law who's left behind. But if you do a per capita uh, designation for beneficiaries, you could actually disinherit that child that died with you in a car wreck. And so uh, it, it's one of these things where you, you know. I would say beneficiaries can become somewhat challenging because you can't plan for every future life event. But uh, I do think being armed and knowing that there's there's different ways to set up beneficiaries. It's not just so simple as write a name and be done with it. You need to make sure that uh, to consider whether there's grandchildren involved, what would happen if uh, 
you know, one child died and you'd want that share. What if there's a divorced spouse in the mix? And if you don't maybe quite trust that divorced spouse for them to inherit money, uh, that's, that's where other legal trust issues come into play. And, uh, I, I just think, uh, you, you can almost simplify estate planning and beneficiaries to, well, I'll just go to my 401k, I'll go to my IRA, I'll update that beneficiary, and then I'll be done. But life happens all the time with our clients, and that's that's just one of our check boxes as we meet with clients each year, is has anything changed in your life? Have uh, As we look at beneficiaries, I know we've gone over these the last five years, but this is how we have them set up. Right. And it's not until we say, here's how we have it set up for the fifth time, they say, you know, actually, yeah. th- there is something that's, that's happened, and we'd like to change these amounts. One child is struggling. One child is doing really well. And just doing that, when you think about it, probably is inferior to at least having kind of a once a year check check in on that uh, on that area of financial planning. You know, almost every uh, review, one of the things Cindy does is she puts the account and who the beneficiaries are on the account. And I review that in the in the review. I say, okay, now we've got, you know, XYZ beneficiaries on this account, the primary and the contingent. Is that still good? I think most of the time they say yes, but <laughs> about you know about um, oh, fifteen to twenty percent of the time they say yeah, no, we we need to change that. Yeah, because there's been a divorce or whatever, and um, and so uh, not naming them is a huge mistake. So we encourage you to do it. Um, primary contingent. And you need to make that determination. Do you want it per capita or would you like it per stirpes? And the per stirpes, again, as Garrett described, that means if uh, if I'm a beneficiary and there's per stirpes listed on, uh, on me, then the portion that was going to go to me would go to my uh, children. Yeah, I, I, I took Latin in high school, so don't, uh, don't call me if I get this wrong, but uh, uh, the word per... P-E-R means through. Mm-hmm. And so basically what that example we had where the child maybe died in the same car, uh, I forget what stirpes is, but uh, the per part means that their share would go through them, even bypassing that son's spouse, and it would go to the children beneath them so that it doesn't disinherit children. But uh, again, per stirpes and per capita, uh, important Great. distinction. Great. Now, um, another thing that uh often comes up are uh it's important to take into account special circumstances and probably um the most common uh, maybe special circumstance if i could call it maybe a a common special circumstance is a is an oxymoron but 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 a, a a common special circumstance would be um a special needs child, for example, or a minor, and um, and that's where, um, and again, you attorneys out there, um, I want to, uh, I, we, we try to tell all our clients that they need to, uh, you know, get you know, legal advice, so, so, so again, what we're saying, you need to, you know, talk to your attorney, but um, 
this is a case where a trust could make sense because what is a trust? Well, a trust is nothing more than you're you're really creating another person out there. You're creating another entity. You're creating uh, something out there that has has its own EIN, its own is which is like a social security number. It's an it's an identification number, where that that um, that thing. <laughs> Uh, can exist long after you do, and then a trustee then follows the the design of the trust and can dole out the money as needed and, and that type of thing. And so um, there are cases where a trust is necessary. And again, not to pick on attorneys, some attorneys, because, you know, it can be profitable for them to write a trust in, in some cases, um, some, some, and I, I've met a few of them. Um, they're they're a little I call them trust happy, where they just feel like they have to solve everything with a trust, and that's not necessarily true. There are times when you do not need a trust. My mom died back in March of this year, and we had everything set up right. We didn't have a trust, uh, even on her non-IRA money. I designated them as TOD, which means transfer on death. And so it was actually really easy uh, for us when when mom passed away to be able to have those funds go to me, my brother, and my sister, you know, in equal portion. Yeah, I was going to say, I know we got to wrap up here, but just kind of a few high-level thoughts maybe before we end is that uh, I know a lot of our listeners are probably not going to be in their 30s. Uh, they're probably driving around town, maybe getting closer to retirement. But uh, this is a situation where, you know, even if you have kids that have grandchildren and they've never taken the step to uh, get a will put together to what would happen to your grandchildren if something happened to uh, your your child and son or daughter-in-law. That's a really good thing, I think, to motivate them to meet with an attorney. They may not have a lot of money, but they do have a lot of uh, things that could happen that would affect who would take care of their children. And it would be, I think, a good encouragement from you to your children to, to meet with an attorney. I think that can be really helpful to get those wills drawn up. Uh, the other things I was, I was kind of thinking about was that uh, estate planning, trust planning as a whole, uh, is kind of gen- generic, but it's something I picked up in my studies is that uh, the more complicated your situation, the you know whether there's a divorce in the mix, maybe there's a relationship that isn't a traditional relationship, and uh, you, you just don't fit the kind of ideal, uh, stereotypical uh, couple, all grandchildren of your own, all children of your own, mixed mixed households, household mixed households or if you have uh, real property or other uh, assets in multiple states that, that you're that, that's going to be a, a, a little yellow flag that you, you you might need a trust or you might need to, to meet with a lawyer but uh, I think by and large Tennessee is a is a pretty friendly state compared right. relatively to a lot of other states as we've met with attorneys they say you know this isn't California that we're dealing with but still proactive planning is a good thing and uh, I think for for people that want help with that uh, I also think account consolidation is a real big thing so if you have 10 or 15 different financial accounts we're bringing on a new client right now in their 80s and they've just got stuff everywhere and trying to keep all that stuff organized is really hard so consolidating and simplifying will multiply your efforts when it comes to uh, 
estate planning and beneficiaries. 865-770-5031. If we've touched on anything today related to beneficiaries or really anything else that's uh, triggered your uh, thought processes regarding financial planning, we'd love to hear from you. Have a good weekend. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary, and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.